Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on June the 19th, 2022. And apologies for the intermittent dropouts in the sound this week, which were due to some technical gremlins in the system. We hope to have these resolved before the next service. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. The faithful remnant here today, because there's so many uh, at Sola, so it's lovely to have uh, so many people here. I thought there'd just be a, uh, a few. Um, we have a, normally have an international flavour um, from the screen with people coming in from New York and all over, but we've got an international flavour uh, in the building today. So uh, lovely to have visitors from New Zealand who are over here, who have a long-standing relationship with St. James. 40 years, so... Uh, we also have Sam, who's uh, Edinburgh, studying at Edinburgh University and knows jolly and well, and we've hoiked him in from Nigeria, hoiked him in to do the drumming at the very last minute. So, <laughs> lovely to have uh, Sam. So, it's always dangerous walking through these doors. You never know what you might be uh, asked to do. Um, so, looking forward to hearing uh, Jeffrey preaching um, on uh, the, the uh, gospel passage on the theme of uh, being set free. So we normally start our service uh, where we ring the singing bowl and just have a moment's quiet to prepare ourselves and I'll light a candle in the building uh, and invite people at home also to light their candle so it sort of joins what's going on in the building to all the churches that are going on in all the different um, homes. And just to say, I was at Solas yesterday, and uh, it was a lovely day, windy day. So from a, a windy Solas, and all the people there, they do uh, send their greetings and, and love. And uh, we'll hopefully see them next week and hear all about it. So let's just minds uh, to worship God with a moment's quiet. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Blessed are you, O God, maker of heaven and earth, giver of all good things. Creation sings your praises. Blessed are you, O Christ, Son of God eternal, bringer of good news to the poor. Creation cries out for your justice. And blessed are you, Holy Spirit, giver of life and renewal, uniting us in worship and service. Creation longs for your wisdom. I invite you, if you're able, to stand for our first song. Thank you. 
remain standing for our confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. May all that is unfree in you be released, and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. First reading today is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, and reading from verses 23 to 29. Now, before faith came, imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. There was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer slave, there is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. Glory to Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus? God, I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it has seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there was on the hillside a large herd of swine feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. 
Then the demons came out of the man and and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. And then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the right hand of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Hi. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord God, open our, open our minds and open our hearts that we may hear and receive your word, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, as a story, you have to admit, the one we've just heard is a real zinger. I know it's ancient, sacred text, but it must have originally had such a visceral power um, to a first century Jew. This must have been like, well, possibly like a horror story. I imagine people listening wide-eyed to this tale, sat in a foreign land with graveyards and tombs, uh, a naked madman with superhuman strength, demons who speak, thousands of swine drowning themselves in the sea. And throughout, uh, there is the commanding and compassionate figure of Jesus, and a totally satisfying ending of transformation and peace. Uh, reading it is a, a little like listening to that Mazorsky piece, Night on Bald Mountain. How many people can recall that with its absolute wild chaos of storm and, and demons in the night followed as dawn breaks by a peaceful, soothing passage with evocations of the tolling of church bells calling believers to prayer. Actually, the melodrama of this story reminded me of a, of a drama by a, a friend of mine in the 80s, a Californian mime artist named Todd. He, he, uh, he used a song called The Champion um, by a musician called Carman to portray a cosmic battle between Christ and Satan. Now, Todd was he was, he was built like super, Superman. He was hugely athletic. He had, he had muscles in places where I don't even have places. And, and I remember illustrating his work, whirling around my small studio in, in York. And at, at, at one point, he played the, the d demons who were saying, never win this fight. And he played Christ saying, go ahead, make my day. 
But there is more than melodrama to uh, this story from Luke that he and Matthew copied from Mark. You could ask, um, is this about healing, one, in the, one of many in the ministry of Jesus? Is it about mental illness? Why don't we use exorcism when treating mental illness today? Why don't we? Would we like to have the man's point of view? What's going on in his mind? How has he suffered? How hard will it be for him home, his relatives? Would we like to know the point of view of the dis disciples? Were they all rejoicing and high fives? Or were some shrinking back, fearful that maybe this man is still dangerous? Or what about the collision of cultures, Jew and Gentile? Were there many Jews living in this region? Did Jesus, as a Jew, think it was fine to destroy the livelihood of people by uh, destroying their pigs? Is it a story about power? Power of evil versus the power of God? And, 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 and what caused the fear and the rejection by the people of that land? And when the disciples reported it back home and the story was told, I imagine again and again and again, did it give hope to people at each telling? Does it give hope now? In what ways? Do you think a whole sermon could be done in questions? <laughs> could be very tiresome. There is a victory here, a victory theme, one to pro that evil shall not have the last word, that satanic destruction and chaos shall in the end give way to God's loving and merciful design. But the story is set firmly within the agenda that Christ proclaimed at the beginning to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. I'd just like to reflect a bit on that theme of, of freedom. When the people who knew that man found him, he was dressed and in his right mind, as most English translations have it. Being in our right mind, finding ourselves um, for better or for worse, is one of the preoccupations of our society. So many people have the idea, I think, that something inside them or outside them is holding them back, or that someone is preventing them from being who they want to be, or that some system is oppressing them, or that certain conflicts inside of us are keeping us from being who we feel we ought to be. And we do not, or not usually, call these demons, but it can be keenly felt, this oppression. It can be crippling. It can lead to life-threatening situations. And many are the psychiatric treatments available. Many are the psychological self-help books published. In the States, I heard that a book that is the Bible of the psychiatry world, the, let me get this, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It's a huge medical tome. It's become a surprise bestseller amid <clears throat> surging popular interest in medical health. Now, I'm not going to deride for one second vital and life-saving therapies, drugs, treatments. But we don't we so often find ourselves unable to break the chains that bind us, binding us as individuals so that we are far from whole. 
binding us as a church from proclaiming, from living a full gospel of good news, binding us as a society from acting to protect the most vulnerable, the poor, the abused, the migrant, and the refugee. The good news is about freedom. The good news is that Jesus will set free. The good news is about breaking of chains, not by our own efforts, but bondage broken by God and for good. Paul wrote, as well as the passage we've heard from Galatians, he wrote in Romans 7 of the moral conflict in us. Although I want to do good, evil is right there within me. What wretched man that I rescue me from this body of death. And to the Galatians he wrote, as we have heard, faith in Christ has caused a complete reset of our relationship with the law and with wrongdoing. Baptized into Christ, we have been clothed, as it were, by Christ. A bit like the once naked demoniac to whom we can presume the disciples had given some of their clothes. After traditional Christian baptisms, the newly baptized were often dressed in white, symbolizing and a change of nature. And Paul wrote in chapter 5 to the Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Well, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a risk by sharing something um, I need for freedom. It's a much discussed area among preachers how sharing is appropriate from the pulpit, but I had a, a student from the States this year researching vulnerability in preaching, so his work in, encouraged me. Um, and for me, um, at the moment, freedom is freedom from fear, fear that binds, fear that, that limits, fear that discourages, fear that leads to overreaction or paralysis. Um, you know, while I was working on this on, on, on Friday, I had something was wrong with my, uh, my, my, my sight, and I, and I suddenly thought, I suddenly thought, this is, this, is, this, this is terrible, but at least it means I won't have to uh, write this sermon because, um, because there's always Ian to do it. <laughs> And, and everybody will understand, and I'll probably be in hospital by, by then anyway. Um, I'm not one for overreacting. On, 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 honestly, my, my real reaction was one of uh, fear, not of illness, but of, uh, but of, uh, of, of the failure uh, in, in the pulpit here. Um, and it's a, it's a sort of characteristic um, fear, fear to fatalism uh, response. Um, that, I, that I have, and this is what setbacks do to me when um, a low-level fear of failure can suddenly swell to a paralyzing fatalism. Well, there are other examples I could share with you, but that would not bless anyone. As my favorite preacher, David Day, um, used, used to say about inappropriate sharing from the pulpit, half the congregation wants you to please stop, and the other half want to mother you. <laughs> But somehow I, I stand up here uh, and have the audacity to, to, to preach despite such fear. And my fear, fear of failure, fear of letting people down, and not because I care about them, but because I'm afraid of what they'll think. Fear of the criticism of long dead teachers and parents. These fears, 
Well, um, I used to think I'd grow out of them, that God would magically deal with them as I became a more mature person. But do not fear, you know, it's the frequent biblical command. My Bible software turned up 371 instances in, in the RSV version. Uh, I was wondering whether a, a better admonition might sometimes be, instead of do not fear, uh, you know, you really do not need to be afraid, which I admit is not there in the Hebrew and the Greek. But you know, you really do not need to be afraid, expresses something of the warmth and the loving concern, the grace and the mercy of God, our, our parent. Of course, clinging to a verse or a command doesn't have instant results. It's not a magic bullet. The demons don't immediately leave me for the nearest unsuspecting herd of pigs. But they do leave. There is peace. Of course, there are difficult times. There's grief, there's loss, there's unhealed ailments. There are changes of life because you know you really do not need to be afraid, cannot put money into an empty bank account. It can't make a flat warmer when the heating has to be off or put nourishing food in the children's stomachs. It cannot keep a nation's fearful and discontented population from electing warmongering leaders. Now fear is uh, an emotion, of course, and we need to learn from our emotions rather than suppressing or wishing them away. And if you follow Richard Rohr, um, the Franciscan, uh, be sure to catch his postings this week on emotional maturity. Emotional maturity is freedom from narcissistic uh, responses like so many fears are. Because it is our calling, it is our future, it is our destiny to be set free to look to God to break the chains that bind us. And taken as a whole, this story of Jesus the healer has the effect of saying, you know, you really don't have to be afraid. You really don't have to be afraid. Stuff will happen, good and bad, but to you, at your deepest core, God says, I've got you. You can be, you will be set free from fears that bind and demons that assault. And as a church, when our future is un, un, uncertain, when things change in the church, I believe God is saying, God always says, you know, you really do not have to be afraid. Because in this story of Jesus healing the man with the legion of demons, I will repeat what I said earlier, there is a victory story here. One to proclaim confidently that evil shall not have the last word. That satanic destruction and chaos shall in the end give way. And that God's loving and gracious and merciful purposes are our future. Amen. Well, as we think of a world in need of hope and healing, I'm going to invite you to just join me in praying today for our world, but mostly praying for ourselves and those we love and care about, praying for hope 
and for healing. So let's pray first of all for our world. Lord, how your world needs your healing. We think of those suffering, of wars in Ukraine and Ethiopia and Afghanistan and Iran, Yemen and Palestine and Haiti and so many places. We think of the starvation and hunger of millions, the poverty in this country and across the world, of the pollution of our land and seas, of the species and creatures on the verge of extinction because of human activity, and the scars of climate change. Lord, we so need a world in which there is hope and healing. And we ask you to raise up leaders who demonstrate real love and integrity, who will lead us away from conflict and poverty that humanity itself has caused. Forgive us for the part that we play in any of these things and show us what we can do to help bring freedom from conflict and pain. Lord of love, set us free to live in love. And so today, I invite you to just share with me as we focus mainly on ourselves and on those we know and love and care about and on those who face difficulty in this world. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and speak to us as we open our hearts today to his power. And I want to think about the challenges and difficulties that people face. And I'm just going to lead us through a number of these in silence. And at the end, a moment or two of quiet reflection as I invite you to open your heart and ask for healing and hope for yourself and for others. So Lord, you know those of our community who have dreams and aspirations for the future. You know some of us who are bruised by life or even broken. You know the thoughts that we all have that so often threaten to ruin our self-esteem.
you know, those of our community who struggle with family life, with physical or mental health, with older age, with loneliness, with personal wounds that only you know. You know, those who are estranged from their families or community or country. You know, those suffering, fleeing conflict or, ag or aggression. You know, those who, whose brokenness drives them into solitary places. You know, those who are weary with fears as well as hopes and aspirations. And Lord, you even know those who have lost heart in their faith and find church and worship difficult. So in a minute of quietness, let's just each of us open our hearts to God this day. Thinking of the fears and difficulties that we face as well as our hopes and dreams for the future. And ask God for his healing for ourselves and for those that we know. So, Lord of love, enter our lives and our hearts today. Give us hope and set us free to love. Lord, there are so many forms of pain and suffering and how we need your healing hands, which are always open. So, almighty, powerful God, who brings hope and healing, who hears our cry, whose heart feels our pain, who heals us inside and out. Lord of love, set us free to live in love. And help us, Lord, here in this community to know each other really well. Help us to understand each other's hopes and problems and concerns. Help us to rejoice in the ways we are the same and in the ways we are different. Help us to remember that we are one in you and that you love every single one of us. Lord of love, set us free to live in love. And finally, we pray for all people and all creation struggling to survive 
struggling to find harmony, struggling to find hope. Clothe them and us and all your world with your healing peace. Come with us, Lord, in our brokenness and bring healing. Come with us, Lord, into our divided world and unite us. Come with us, Lord, and cast from us all that is not from you, that we may live as your children in your world, sharing your love and the good news that you have come to give us hope and set us free now and always. Lord of love, set us free to live in love. Holy God, as we come to share the richness of your table, we cannot forget the rawness. We cannot take those who are hungry. And we are stewards of its nourishment. O oh God, put our prosperity at the service of the poor. We cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty, the ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. O oh God, put our prosperity. We cannot hear you and forget our world in crisis and those who are struggling, afraid. Show us quickly, O oh God, how to reach out in love and compassion those Broken things for broken people, holy for holy people.
So uh, we're going to sing a blessing, which is really singing it to one another uh, in the building here and also those uh, at home. So please stand, please stand for the blessing. to sing our last song, Freedom is Coming, which fits with uh, Jeffrey's message today. Thank you. 